think there's merit to the solo journeys, but I don't believe that this work is designed to be done in isolation. I don't think our healing or our transformation, whatever you want to call it, like our growth, like we need each other. And, and so when I see people take that baby step, the inspired action to like, kind of like brush up against the fear and then make a new choice. I really want them to remember that they're backed by like a whole group of people that also want to be in that transformation that also want to live in a different way or want to encourage that person. Welcome to a curious yogi podcast. I'm your host, Bobby, here to illuminate your practice as we discover what it means to walk the yogi's path. Together with wise friends and awakening teachers, we uncover the answers to our greatest questions. I'm so delighted you're here. Now let's get curious. Welcome back once again to the show. I'm very excited to introduce you to this week's guest, Jess LeBlanc. She is a yogi educator, leader, and speaker whose work aims to foster and enhance skills such as self-awareness, emotional literacy, cognitive flexibility, improved nervous system response, and relationship building. Describing herself as a connection catalyst, Jess inspires others to build healthy connection and interaction between the mind and body, two equally important entities in the pursuit of true health. As the Embodied Living founder, she creates experiences for people to honor their most purposeful self and other tools to live and lead a meaningful life. Jess is also the founder of the upcoming Lucent Festival in Southern Alberta, where I'll be teaching this summer. I invite you to check out the festival link in the show notes and take something with you from this beautifully insightful conversation around community, belonging, connection, and furthermore, the interconnectedness of us all. So without further ado, enjoy. All right, Jess, welcome to A Curious Yogi Podcast. Hello, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to see you. I'm so excited to speak to you. It's been so long and yeah, I'm just really thrilled to connect to all of your listeners and I'm excited to share. Yeah, it's such a treat to have you here and like just before I was like, we have to press record because we were already like just dropping into like wisdom and inspiration. And it's like, okay, I know there's going to be so much we can unpack in this conversation. So yeah, I just want to start by appreciating you and your generosity of your time to be here with me and just the way in which you live your life and what I see as a way of service, the way you serve your community, the way that you just choose to live your life. And I'm wondering if you, we can just start off by you telling us a little bit about who you are and how you came onto this path of really being such a leader of community and kind of a visionary as well, like one of the OG leaders, I would say, for, from our home community in Calgary. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's always an, a fascinating thing to like go back in time and kind of explore where and how you got to to the point now in which you're at. So um, I'm trying to consider like, okay, how did I get here? What do I want to say uh, about leadership and community and and being a yogi in this lifestyle? And I suppose the thing that 
kind of really drew me to this world is, um, yeah, my own feeling of disconnection. So I was living in Australia or whether I was in, you know, university or just times of transition. I, I really remember back in the day, like speaking of OG yogis, like just wanting something like when I didn't have my organized sports or I didn't have the familiarity of a place called home. Like I would always kind of seek out the studios or the yoga classes, like the little basement church, you know, gatherings where people would come to kind of chat and move their bodies. And I feel like I was really drawn to the practice, as I said, like in moments of disconnection, because there was something about it that drew me closer to myself. Um, I used to be a school teacher for many years and even in the transition of exiting that career and that industry because of the lack of alignment, I remember being like so scared and being, being like, oh my gosh, like, what are people going to say? Like, I've got the pension, I've got the linear pathway all kind of mapped out, but there was just something that wasn't working for me. And when I really chose to, yeah, kind of like dive into my own business, my own practice, my own development of community and leadership. Like I remember feeling so inspired. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to do it, but I just knew in my heart that this was the thing that would call me forwards and like into like a greater expression of myself into more connection, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, being an athlete, being um, someone who came from a very small town and like really value community. Like I had such a beautiful, like upbringing that way, um, close knit circle of human beings on the outside. Like there was like a lot of external community building and skill building and leadership development. But like, I would have to say, um, that like in my internal, um, like inner circle, I don't know that I was necessarily equipped with like all of the skills and the tools that I needed to be a whole and thriving human. Um, my parents did the best that they could. I'm certain of that, but it really left me like longing for more connection. So that's kind of how I entered the path of the curious yogi. <laughs> yeah, I can totally relate to like the point of disconnection. And I think like after doing a lot of these podcast episodes, actually kind of a thread that so many people that really come to a seek a deeper meaning in life comes from like some kind of dissatisfaction, like disconnection with the world around me. Like I want more and actually how rare and special it is the person or the being that gets inspired to actually go towards that. Like you said, when it's uncomfortable, it's scary. Like why, when some people would be like, you have, you're a teacher, you have everything like lined up in front of you and actually how, special it is that you would say okay I'm just gonna go towards this because like if you're anything like me it was like there was actually no other option like did you have that experience yeah like from a visceral perspective like internally like I, is that what you're kind of saying like you just didn't mm -hmm. feel like there was another option mm -hmm. yeah I mean I could see I could see the practical solutions and options but yeah from like a a social, emotional, like <laughs> energetic way, uh, there wasn't another option. Like I just knew that if I was feeling the way that I was feeling and, and being witness to other people 
in certain situations feeling similar. Like I was like, okay, well, like I'm not alone in this. Like the human experience is so interconnected and we're all beautifully like relatable to one another. The details are different, but I think we all inherently long for this genuine sense of belonging or we long for purpose and meaning and and value and service and and so I just kind of trusted in some kind of way that if I could create what I knew I needed what I knew that my soul was craving then then other people would be drawn to that as well that, that I'm not alone in this experience of disconnection or wanting more yeah definitely and then now, as I as we're talking now in this moment, so many years later, I was reading on your website this beautiful um, term that you speak about the connection catalyst. Can you talk a little bit about that and what that means to you and how it shows up in your own life and in your teachings? Yeah, I I always um I love speaking of this coined term and and I remember when I started my my business initially. I had to create business cards and I was like, what would I put on my business card? Like, I'm not going to put CEO or founder or something like that. And so I was trying to come up with this title and um, I came up with Connection Catalyst because I really got clear that what I do is help individuals connect deeper to themselves and then therefore connect deeper to the people around them, to the planet and the way in which I live my life. I'm I'm always attuned to the connections that are possible. And so I, I find that my gift, one of my gifts, one of my talents, I suppose, is just listening and, and noticing what people are, are saying and, or what they're not saying. And, and then being able to help direct them or be like, oh, okay, I remember Bobby said this in a conversation, like I'm going to put her in touch with this person over here in India and they're going to connect and you know, catalyze some kind of magic and it, it just happens all the time. And so I just kind of was like, oh, well, like, I guess if I distill it down, that is truly what I'm doing is, yeah, dissolving the barriers around um, why people wouldn't connect, you know, the, the, the things that stop them. And I kind of just go in and I'm like, okay, no, you two need to connect or oh, here's the thing that you were asking for with your business or with your practice. And that's just, it, I don't know, it, it works, it flows. <laughs> mm, nice. In, in your experience, what would you say has been like a reoccurring theme or something that you've seen repeatedly that stops people from, you know, connecting first and foremost with themselves and then trickling outward to connecting with others and like the planet, like you said? Oh, such a good question. The theme that I notice is mostly it's fear-based. Mostly people are, I don't want to say complacent because I, I don't know that that it's necessarily complacency, but I think there is a comfort and a and within that comfort, like the way that we're operating or the way that we've been conditioned to operate it feels safe. And so I think people get really comfy in this supposed safety. And the idea of going outside of that hasn't really been encouraged for them. They just don't know what's possible outside of this box. 
let's see, let's call it a box, this one way status quo, you know, um, mentality, whatever it is. And so I really see that the fear of the unknown or the fear of the response or the fear of the outcome, like really like holds people back because when you do start to ask for things that are beyond what you've been told you can have or build connections beyond what you've been modeled, it can be really tricky. Sometimes it can disrupt that feeling of safety, but, and it, and at first initially it might feel unsafe, but in reality, I kind of liken it to that. Like, we're just like crumbling our, our conditioned emotional house. And we're like learning how to build a new one and building a house, as you know, is not necessarily the easiest of tasks. Like there are steps, there's ways to do it. We know how, but it's not always comfortable. And so I think when we step outside that comfort or safety, um, that being said, like, I kind of want to want to also speak to like, I don't believe that people need to constantly be forced out of their comfort zone, because I, I think that can be really disruptive to the nervous system and it can keep people in a state of stress. And so I think there's like a way to slowly step out of our comfort zone while maintaining like a baseline of, of safety, so to speak, you know, like you don't need to like live in a trailer on your empty lot and build your house or live in a tent. Like you can still stay in your, your old house. And then we'll just slowly do the move over time. Nice. As someone that like, that's very, um, regularly dysregulated nervous system that's good to hear that it can like happen slowly and just before we were recording we were like just touching on transformation can you speak a little bit about how moving through that fear and that discomfort how that lends itself to these like big transformations we can make or small transformations and how those two relate yeah, I really work with the concepts of transformational leadership. And so I really value um, and respect and honor when people say yes to themselves. And by virtue of just saying yes to yourself, um, choosing even like a small thing differently or being aware that something needs to shift or change or, you know, move um, I just, I just see how that, again, that small step, that little baby stepping stone, like builds the momentum. It's like that inspired action just continually like reinforces this ability to keep going forwards. And in these times of like fear and, and transition where we feel really unsafe, that's where I think the community piece and the support network is so vital because a lot of people have been conditioned to feel that they have to go on this transformative pilgrimage on their own. And I, I really, I think there's merit to the solo journeys, but I don't believe that this work um, is designed to be done in isolation. I don't think our healing or our transformation, whatever you want to call it, like our growth, like we need each other. And, and so when I see people take that baby step, the inspired action to like, kind of like brush up against the fear and then make a new choice. I really want them to remember that they're backed by like a whole group of people that 
also want to be in that transformation that also want to live in a different way or want to encourage that person. I think the, the biggest transformations that I see are on, it sounds so cheesy, but like are on the other side of the fear, but then it's also like the people that are transforming are like working together to help transform each other. Like that's kind of like the ultimate union. That's the ultimate yoga that I witness is, is the, the support network just keeps building and growing and this web expands and expands. Mm, that's, that's so beautiful. I love thinking of it in that way as well. Like I heard this quote once where it's that this is an individual work, but we can't do it alone. And like mm-hmm. how important the teacher is, how important the community is, how important all these kind of pieces are that help us to just become better humans, become better friends, become better community members, like all these things, how we have to kind of have all the little pieces of the puzzle, if you will. I mean, maybe it's not a puzzle, but like, what would you say are the kind of key pillars in in living a life that's supportive of growth and transformation and healing and all these things that I'm thinking the listeners as you know ones who are curious and seeking deeper meaning in their lives me included what would you say are kind of the key elements you want to shape your life around I mean you touched on so many the the main one being the community and the support system and I really recognize in speaking to thousands of people and working with companies and individuals, like there is a deep disconnect in our sense of community and that village mentality. We've moved so far away from it and we have adopted lifestyles that are very insulated and independent, which, you know, has been great in one hand and and allowed us and afforded us like, you know, this, this other kind of growth. But I really see that the, the network piece is so vital and the belonging piece is is incredibly conducive to that growth mentality and then the other things I think are just awareness and compassion and I kind of put those two together in the sense that like there's an element when people I find are stepping towards growth or transformation or healing again like the language can be whatever an individual needs for themselves leadership like it doesn't it doesn't matter they're they're shifting something is becoming new evolved and to be aware of that and to be aware that maybe you weren't equipped and maybe the ways in which you do operate are defaults based on what you experienced what you were exposed to like having that level of awareness and then therefore compassion to be like, Hey, like, I'm not bad. I'm not wrong. Like my journey isn't behind, you know, so-and-so down the street. Like I'm exactly where I need to be. And of course I feel this way. Of course I'm dysregulated in this situation. Now, how do I become more aware and see it and then create a new path forwards with the support, with the tools? So I guess the fourth thing maybe, because I'll just use four because that's my favorite number. So there's like this element of like community, awareness, compassion, and then having tools 
to utilize and tools that are not difficult to reach for. Because I, I think sometimes we've gotten a little bit elaborate <laughs> when it comes to our techniques and our tools or our practices. And they they in themselves can be rigid and they in themselves can can throw people for a loop or get really attached to the way in which we are healing or we are growing. And so I think having like really simplistic ways in which we can just come back to ourselves every time, come back to ourselves, come back to ourselves, make a new choice, forgiveness, love, choice, forgiveness, love, choice. Like, I don't know. They have to be like quick and quick and dirty. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I also really appreciate like the profundity that can be in simplicity. Like we have a tendency to make things so overcomplicated. So complicated, so painfully complicated. <laughs> but I think that also that it lends its hand to like the power of community. Sometimes just being in the environment where we can bounce and reflect and get inspired from one another. For me, that kind of helps ground me, like being in my spiritual community and and just being reminded like, okay, I'm on my own path, but there is a simplistic model here that's in front of me and and if I kind of weave in and out of these pillars like of course recognizing you know then the awareness piece comes in like what do I need in this moment what do I need in the next moment in the next moment but to have a kind of simple roadmap to follow for me I find is really beneficial mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well it generates a mirror for you as well, right? A reflection to see what's possible for yourself. And I, I think that that is also the value in having the ecosystem of community is like, we can see the interconnectedness like playing out in front of us within these other relationships that we're exposed to, or we can see how so-and-so's path like led them down this avenue of growth. And so we can be inspired by our community and we can be motivated and accountable to who we say we really are when we can also like bear witness to you know the the people that are surrounding us mm -hmm. you talked a little bit or you mentioned before something about belonging I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit about belonging and what it means to you and in, in your own life and in your teachings or the way in which you share um, I think belonging for me is, is that deep acceptance, feeling, feeling fully accepted as who you are and that all parts of you are welcome in, you know, as a result of the human experience versus I'll just use like the comparative of fitting in, let's say, you know, fitting in is like, we are showing up in order to generate place within a group or to be accepted to be like to be accepted like it's conditional in a sense like oh if I wear this if I behave like this if I act like this if I do this then I will be granted access to this cohort of humans that will love me and accept me and so on and so forth but I think that belonging is is you're just seen for who you really are um, or you feel a certain level of trust and safety 
to expose who you really are and you don't feel like you have to modify or um, change in order to be granted that acceptance. So like, yes, you can change and transform within that container, but it's more um, because you truly want to for you, like it's for you, not for them. And I would say that based on my experience, a lot of individuals have lacked true belonging. I love what you said that all parts welcome, like this integration piece to integrate ourselves. We can't uh, make one part praiseworthy and good and another part wrong and shameful. Like there's this actual like acceptance of first and foremost, all parts of ourselves. And then of course, we're better equipped to be accepting of all parts of others and all sides of others and actually just makes life so much more uh, flowable. Like even the hard times, if we can accept the challenging times as well as the easy, fun, joyful times, somehow there's this like flow or um, steadiness in life amongst like the ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's an illusion that the flow and the ease and the simplicity only come in what we would classify as like the positive times or those those emotional states that are more favorable. But I believe in reality that, like you said, to be able to like con- move with the constant flow because things are always changing and ebbing and evolving. And so it's like, we have to be equipped. We have to be able to navigate like the storms and the rainbows (laughs) like it's just never one way or the other and so the fitting in element of of our society feels like the acceptance only comes when like I said it's conditional or it's favorable or it's positive or elated and that when we are you know, in our mistakes and our failures and our shortcomings and our weaknesses or in our reactions, that like we're not accepted then. We we don't have permission to be all parts of ourselves. And it was really interesting on our last yoga teacher training, um, one of the gals had we were sitting around in a circle having a conversation and and she was like, I sometimes feel really scared to tell all of you like who I really am like some of the things that I've done or, or the things that I have engaged in, like I'm, I'm shameful of that in my past. And I just kind of looked at her and I was like, nothing you could ever say or nothing that you've ever done could make me or this group not love you and not care for you. And like, we see that people and we honor that people. And this is, this is the truest, highest form of yoga. In my opinion, is that like, we can really honor and see the light in ourselves and each other. And that we like embrace and we don't collapse like the being and the behavior. Like we've all done shitty things. We've all said things because we've been in pain. And like, if you look to these not so favorable ways of operating, like it always comes down to a pain and unmet need. And so like, how do we like just get really tender with each other and, and honor each other so that it's easier to show up and be like, wow, yeah, I was kind of an asshole back in grade 10. <laughs> Forgive me. Well, like, can I be loved now? Like, you don't have to stay in like jail for it forever. Hmm. 
I loved what you said about that the bean and the what did you say the like there there's I try to really like separate the being and the behavior Mm -hmm. like that yeah okay we don't condone poor behavior we don't have to tolerate the intolerable but like how do we just like get really clear that like the way in which someone behaves doesn't necessarily always reflect like who they truly are it's a byproduct of yeah what they're experiencing yeah and I think that touches on such a like important part of being on the yogi's path like that we're headed towards the truth of ourselves and who the truth of who we are is not dependent or like you said conditional on the way in which the personality or the mechanism expresses itself and all these things that are so external like the truth of who we are is that one light that one being that is interwoven and interconnected and the thread through us all and I think it's important for us to not only remind ourselves of that through the practice but then like you're saying like in community and in circle and in sharing like reflect it to one another because it's like just as much as the work is not individual like we have to give it away we have to share it we have to reflect it back and forth with one another as well to keep it kind of illuminating or shining in the way that I experience it anyways yeah it it then becomes this second nature as well right like that is I think how we start to shift away from the current conditioning that we're experiencing or that we have experienced is is if we are not this embodiment piece the integration piece is like yeah okay we can get on our mats or we can read the books or we can be in meditation but like if we are not actually embodied and if we're not putting this work into practice in our everyday situations where we are rubbing up against something that we don't like or something that scares us or something that makes us uncomfortable. Like how do we, that's why I said those tools need to be easy so we can reach for them in a moment quickly and like restore ourselves back to like who we truly are. And then that behavior becomes less and less and less like, you know, the conditions become more compassionate, more tolerable, like more friendly for us all like to grow to transform Mm -hmm. yeah and when we're like so rooted and established in that then there's the 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 evolution and the play and the whole kind of waking state like before I was saying has that kind of steadiness underlying essence when everything comes up and comes eventually back down when we're thinking about like growth and evolution and even community, all these parts, there is this element of relationship that I think maybe it's similar to belonging, but can you speak a little bit about the importance of relationship in this work and on this path? Yeah, for me, relationship is the remedy. Like I I think that so much of what we're experiencing, the turmoil, the pain, the unmet needs, the societal breakdown, whatever it is, is like we've lost relationship. If we have lost the ability to like truly connect and truly understand the connect, like the interconnectedness, um, we've decided that like, oh, okay, I can go out on, out on my own and I can survive and, and have this independent wealth and lifestyle and 
you know, live in my little house where I don't have to see anyone or I have to don't, don't have to deal with what is out there. I don't have to be in relationship. I can just choose what I want to be in relationship with. Does that, does that resonate? Like, I feel like we've kind of come to a point in our society. Whereas like, if you look at nature, you know, the, the cedar tree is not like, Ooh, I don't really want to live next to you, you know, Mr. Alder. And like, we're not going to work together. Like there, there's like, that doesn't happen. Like everyone has to like, they are where they are in the forest floor and they're trying to make it work together. Like, you know, I, and I just really see the symbiotic nature to which we could be operating we could invite more of that in and recognize that everyone has a part to play in this puzzle we'll go back to the puzzle um that like one person's value or worth is not better more or greater that like it actually like everyone is whole and complete and like deserves a spot at the table or a place on the forest floor you know that they have a job to do they're here to to be the teacher or the student or whatever. Um, so I don't mean to like digress, but I think when it comes to relationship and transformation and growth, like I just don't, I just always remind my students like that when you are sharing, like you have a key, when you open up your story, like your mistakes, your triumphs, like they're here to be witnessed by the rest of the the group, the community, and there's value in it that you have something to offer um, that will then help someone else like on their path of growth. So when, when I feel when you live your life like that, when you, when you live your life that everyone is valuable and that it's your job to be in relationship, right relationship, there is less friction. There is, (laughs) there is more flow there is more, um, I guess, capacity. Like there's a, there's a quickening of the growth cycle in a way, because I'm not always resistant. Like, I'm not like, oh, this person isn't, I just don't discount anything that comes my way. I'm like, there's no, there's not as much resistance. That was so beautifully expressed how you use the analogy of the forest floor. And I think when we Think of an analogy like that. The eyes can only see these two trees as if they're side by side, but like how actually there's the interweb of the forest floor, like you said as well, that we can't see with our eyes, but yet there's this element of connection that is so there, it's so reliant on one another. There's the the con the conversation and the the leaning and supporting that's happening beyond the capacity of the eyes, and I think. Mm just in the world that we live in right now, especially in the West where it's kind of like the blinders on, like if I can't see it, if I can't prove it, if I can't, if it's not directly focused on the individual me, I, or my family, it's like, it kind of gets discredited. And I think it's so inspiring and important what you're saying for us to remember and to practice because it's not easy to practice it in a world that's not supportive of it. So I love what you're saying. And I think it's, it's just so not prioritized, you know, in this society we live in. No. And, and, and how can it be when so many people are 
in survival mode when so many people are maxed out, disassociated, stressed, like it's, they're, they're overwhelmed and flooded. And so the thoughtfulness and the tenderness, like that goes away first because we have to protect, like, you know, this is primal way of operating. And, and yet we've forgotten in that like primal reaction for our safety, for our survival that like, Hey, we actually need to stick together. If we go it alone, like we're in more danger. The other thing I was thinking about, I had this interesting conversation last night, actually. And, um, someone had mentioned that they were like, Oh, I don't know why I have like so much more understanding for like a stray dog than I would like some humans, like some humans just like really irritate me and like bug me. And like, you know, this guy came up to me and he was drunk and like had black eyes and all this stuff. And like, I just noticed, like, I didn't want to engage. Like I didn't have any compassion, but like, if a dog came to me battered and bruised, like I would probably have so much awareness and love and like kindness for that dog. And I was like, Oh, interesting. Like what, what do you think creates that separation? Like what changes your relationship to the human versus the dog? And we kind of talked about how sometimes we, when we see the behavior being intolerable and use that word again, or like, you know, we think that someone has made a wrong choice that lands them in a situation that is unfavorable or, you know, we, we cast so much blame and shame on that person. And we forget that like the relationships that they've experienced or their relationship to self or the relationship to the behavior, like there's so many different layers under there. And that like, who knows what that person's story is? Who knows what happened to them along the way to get them to this place? Like, it's not ever just one choice, you know? And it was just a really interesting conversation. And I, I, I invite whoever is listening to maybe consider the level of compassion as well. Like I I can't imagine being um, isolated or cast out by community like that is that is torture for human beings and so you know considering like when in those micro moments are we casting people away like are we are we looking at them as though we don't have to be in relationship with them and what does that say about the relationship that we have to ourselves or the discomfort or our pain mm-hmm Yeah. And it also, again, speaks to like how limited the perception is with just when we see something for face value or someone in a moment where there's stories or lifetimes of stories behind someone, including me and including you, like whenever we show up or if you show up and someone affects you in the wrong way, but we can never know like what's happened to that person. So I think it's also important to remind ourselves of of that too and yeah like when you're speaking about you know how important community is and even just like in the context of this conversation for for anyone who's listening and it's like okay I feel burnt out I feel dysregulated I feel I'm disconnected I'm seeking something more like where 
would you advise or suggest like is a starting point or maybe even not a starting point but a point to prioritize when moving towards community and regulation like where can one begin mm, off of the internet <laughs> nice. that's the first thing <laughs> like don't google like I need yeah. it, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean you can google I don't know what accuracy like you're gonna get in your search um but I really find that I, although there is really great value in the connections that are on Instagram or TikTok or those kinds of things, like the social media platforms, like, you know, I'm so grateful that I can, I can see your adventures and we're, we don't have to be writing letters to each other. Like there's a convenience to that connection, but I also recognize like how valuable the quality of connection changes when we get off of there. Like even our phone call the other day, just picking up the phone and like ringing someone and being like, oh my gosh, I can hear your voice or I can like just feel your energy through the phone or us being able to see each other on, on Zoom right now. Um, although we're using technology, like it's a more conscious approach using, using the technology versus like numbing or scrolling or just like mindless. And so- you know, as a starting point, like get off of there because it is toxic and it's keeping people looped in a comparison or it's keeping people like in a false awareness of connection or a false sense of connection. So, you know, that would be a, a good starting point. And then in taking baby steps, like you don't need to necessarily jump into like a full year program of yoga teacher training, although that would be great for people, you know, cause you're going to learn a lot about yourself and you're going to connect with amazing humans. But like, I recognize like the investment or the amount of time resource, so on and so forth. Like it could be a lot. So I think don't swing the pendulum all the way to the extremity, just like start taking again, those like small steps. Like, is there someone you could go for a walk with? Is there a sport that you could play? Is there a club that you could join? Could you learn a new skill? Like I think there's so many ways that people can start to generate more connection and build community. But again, it takes like that conscious effort of being like, okay, like I see the fear. I feel the fear and like, there isn't a possibility of me being rejected, but, but it's very unlikely. I think it's more unlikely to be rejected um, when we really show up in those authentic moments of like, Hey, I'm here to connect and to relate and to learn something new and to engage with the world around me versus I'm going to just hide out in my room and scroll the internet. Mm, that's a very good piece of advice that we can start there and kind of work backwards because I know even for myself, like it's definitely noticed it's something that you do to numb out or tune out. And it's like, totally the counterproductive to where the being actually wants to direct its attention, which is connection and validation in a way that's genuine and actually connected. Hmm. And again, it's like, okay, I feel my desire to numb or I, I feel the discomfort. I am aware of that. Like, okay, check, like, good job, me, like you're sensing, you're noticing you're in your body. And like, okay, can you move your body? 
Could you like wriggle around on your floor for five minutes? You don't need a one hour home practice every day at 6 a.m. right now. Like that's not what your being is is calling out for, is craving, you know? So how do we, or can you write for five minutes in your journal? Could you take three deep breaths to help you like restore yourself? Again, that coming back to that concept of simplicity, we don't need to change everything all at once. Good reminders. And I think just going back to also like the simplicity point that it's simple, maybe it's not necessarily easy, but just starting with simple is such a good place to be no matter where we are in our path. I think we can all kind of remind ourselves like the power and simplicity and um yeah, just yeah, the depth of that can be there by, like you said, writing in your journal for a few sentences, even like that can just be such a beautiful point to begin or move forward. Yeah. And then that builds the momentum, right? Like we don't have to rev the gas and, and go full speed ahead. It's like, oh, okay. Like I recognize, like I did that today. Like I put my shoes on to go to the gym, you know, that old example of like, there's, there's these like micro moments of evolution and transformation step-by-step that build on top of each other. Like you're starting to create a new foundation of connection and community for yourself. Like I think that's a really important reminder. And I um I get a lot of messages from people who are really curious about the festival that I host that you're going to be teaching at. And I'm so thrilled to have you. And a lot of people ask like, oh, can I come by myself? Like, is this an event that someone could experience on their own and solo? And I'm, I'm always so encouraging because I'm like, yes, like firstly, like Thank you for asking and having the courage to put yourself out there. Thank you for feeling the call that like, this might be something that your heart needs. And the minute you arrive with that intention of like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go and put myself into this environment and everyone embraces you. Everyone welcomes, like you've been there. You see that it's like an immediate sense of homecoming and belonging where people are like, so inspired like what you came by yourself that's amazing like come sit with us for dinner or do you want to go to this class with me like I just I am so honored that that is the community that has been built within this festival container and I think it's a really great starting point if people are curious about a different style of being or you know wanting to learn something new wanting to get exposure to a different type of friend circle. Like there's just so much that could be gained by putting yourself in that situation. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you naturally segued into talking about the festival. And also when you were speaking, I was thinking of before you were talking about the embodied experience and how much an experience like going to a festival, like Lucent Festival is like, putting yourself in that embodied visceral felt sense of what it feels like to be reflected and in that container of safety and acceptance and community and belonging. And then how much that charges and motivates when you step out of the container and into your back into your life, like how powerful of an experience that is. Yeah. Like that's the drugs that I want 
You know, I want that <laughs> drug of community that is like, people are rallying for your growth, for your success, for your, they care about you. There's just such a beautiful, um, energetic, you know, elevation. I love that you said like this charge because it does. People have been like, oh my gosh, this weekend has changed my life. Like, and again, it's like, you just don't know what you don't know. So you, you then get to witness and you get to see, and you get to have exposure to something so different potentially. Um, and you're like, whoa, I want more of that. Like, I didn't even know that that was possible for me. And it's so cool. And then the, the, the most incredible thing. And like the thing that I'm so wildly proud of are again, the, the webs of connection that are born from an experience like Lucent. Like I see on the internet or I get text messages or I get phone calls or emails being like, oh, I'm collaborating with this person on this project that I met at Lucent or like, oh, we're here having a coffee. Like we met at Lucent. Like there's, there's just been so many different like separate connections. And that's the connection catalyst piece too. It's like all of these people are now interwoven and our web just gets stronger and stronger and our community just grows and grows. So that's, it's just makes my heart explode really. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'm so excited to be a part of it. And it's been five years, I think, since I came. So it's pretty amazing to see you're in your ninth season. Congrats on that. That's like, you know, talk about being wildly proud. You should be so proud of yourself. It's so it speaks to such the power of your leadership that you can, that you've prioritized making this event possible, even amongst, you know, probably many, many challenges and the value that it does have for the community and how important it is for people like you to bring everyone together. So I just want to acknowledge you for that because it's a huge accomplishment. Thank you. Yeah, I, I do feel it's easy to forget the yeah that I am the one that I'm the one that brings people together and so it's a thank you for the reminder because that also like helps me stay focused and motivated and and you know full transparency this is not an event that I operate to get rich quick like this is an event for the collective this is an event that inspires my soul and I know that when I can tend to the people and be in service and bring them together and they can like really help one another feel connected and loved and cared for. And that, that is the energetic exchange. That is the wealth. That is the abundance, right? That, you know, I, I get to walk away being like, okay, I've, I'm doing something that really tends to the collective, and the collective is in pain right now. The collective is dense and heavy and struggling to find its feet. And so I think Lucent is just a beautiful place for people to land and reset and like remember their light and get recharged, as you said. Yeah. And for anybody listening, the festival is in Cochrane, which is just west of Calgary. And well, anybody in Western Canada or actually anybody anywhere like can... Um, Come, yeah, and I'll definitely put the link in the show notes for tickets. I think um, I would just want everyone to know that there's something for anyone there and that it's a real take what you need experience. 
you know, if you want to come for the day and just be in your own energy and wander about and listen to music and visit the markets, like that's totally acceptable. If you want to come and sit on the grass and read a book, that's also acceptable. If you want to do 14 classes, like go for it. You know, there, this is an experience where anything kind of goes and we just really ask that you are kind to yourself and kind to each other and the rest kind of unfolds as it, as it needs to. But I, I would really just encourage anyone who might be like kind of on that edge of fear or questioning, like, oh maybe that could be something that I would like, like you'll definitely like it. <laughs> so just do it. Um, and then, yeah, that'll be like a step that will give you that momentum as we talked about. Beautiful. Yes. And I also will say it's the weekend, what, August 11th to 13th. Yeah, that's correct. So there's camping. If you want to stay for the weekend, you can just come for the Saturday. Saturday is the main day. I'm just really excited to bring everyone together. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. So just to wind up our conversation, I this season on the podcast, I've been inviting guests to highlight self-inquiry. So I love receiving any points of contemplation or a question that we can that you can leave the listeners myself included with to really dig or chew on for ourselves in our sadhana in our practice in our meditation whatever you think is a good point of reflection for us one thing that I've been exploring quite a lot with my students recently the point of contemplation is you know, asking yourself the question, like, what are the words that I need to hear right now? Or what is my heart wish that it would hear right now? Because I think that we can so frequently, yeah, get really stuck in the fear or be really concerned about the external. And, you know, I'm all for validation, like healthy validation is really potent. Um, but sometimes I think we don't start or we stay stagnant because we're waiting for someone else or something else or the parameters to align. And so I really just like to ask the question of like, yeah, like what would you need to hear right now? Or like, what would you want to know right now? Um, maybe just starting to ask yourself more questions and give yourself the answer is they're all there. We know this. I, it's not something new. This isn't, you know, a profound statement made by Jess LeBlanc. Like, you know, you just have to take the time to slow down and to feel and to listen to what your body and your heart is really saying. Mm, I love that. I think that's a beautiful place to wind up. And I'll just finish by giving you one last blast of appreciation. I just really. I think this is a treasure you've given me and the listeners and I appreciate your openness and your realness and your authenticity you're just such a powerhouse of wisdom so thank you for sharing and being here and can't wait to see you in person and give you a big hug <laughs> no and and thank you Bobby I I want to acknowledge and appreciate you because I recognize the level of dedication and commitment that is required for this to happen. And, you know, you also have chosen a path that is maybe a little bit 
different than the average bear. And when we carve out a bold path, there isn't always a roadmap and it can be sticky sometimes. And I just have watched your, yeah, the devotion that you have to this lifestyle and to this practice and, you know, you inspire so many people. And so thank you for having me and all the other guests on to, to share about this and to give voice to, yeah, what's possible. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I guess it just reflects everything we've been talking about, the power of us doing this work individually, but we do it individually together. And mm-hmm. yeah, thanks for the inspiration today and just lots of love and appreciation. Back at you, girl. Love you so much. And yeah, I can't wait to give you a big squeeze. <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave a review. It really helps the show reach more people. If you'd like to have your greatest spiritual questions answered on the show, send them to me through social or email. And don't forget to follow on your favorite streaming platforms. Let's stay curious, connected, and keep walking the path together. Music graciously offered by Heidi Herdaya Groschler. In oneness and delight, this is Bobby signing off until next time.